Hello, Formula One fans, and welcome back to the Starting Grid Podcast. I'm your co-host, Shane Welcome as always, alongside Rome Katie today. Sergio Perez took pole position for the 2023 Miami Grand Prix after a dramatic conclusion to Q3, which saw Max Verstappen qualify ninth as Charles Leclerc spun out to bring a red flag to close the session with the under two minutes remaining. Rome, your instant reaction to Miami's qualifying session today. I mean, safe to say this one was pretty wild. I got to put this out there. Um, I think Q1 and Q2 was pretty interesting, but we're going to get into what Q3 was like because that was easily the most chaotic qualifying session this year by a long shot. Like, we haven't seen this, like, ever this year. So I'm very excited to talk about it. And I understand, Shane, you got a guest with here uh, with us today. I do. I do. It's my good friend that I'm out to meet over, you know, online and, Jeremy's joining us today, fellow Syracuse uh, future student, uh, fellow broadcaster or journalism student in the Newhouse School, and he's a big fan of Formula One, happens to be a big fan of Formula One for a couple of seasons now. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast, man. How's everything going with you? What, what are your thoughts on qualifying today? Oh, it is a pleasure to be here on the podcast. My God, man, Q3, absolutely crazy, very chaotic there. Charles Leclerc binning it into the wall of less than two minutes to spare. You hate to see that as a Ferrari fan, but at the same time, damn entertaining finish right there to uh to end things off of the qualifying. Really big stuff there. I'm very excited for this race. It's going to be a big one. It is indeed, guys. And it just always seems like when F1 comes to the States, we got some kind of entertainment, whether that be on the track, off the track. And today, luckily enough for us, you know, Miami delivered up to the hype because last year, Let's be honest, that was kind of a dud last year uh, as a race and as a qualifying session, as a weekend as a whole. So it's good to see Miami's kind of rebounding, uh, no pun intended, uh, to come back here. Uh, and it on a day where the Miami Heat also won, you know, Miami is a, a city that is in, in rupture right now, probably. And so they got the Panthers tomorrow up 2 nothing in the NHL series, if you're following They've got the Heat now up 2-1, who just won today, and they've got the Miami Grand Prix this weekend. So it's a good place to be if you're a sports fanatic this weekend. But let's now move on, guys, to Q1. Roman, I know you wanted to say you said you want to talk a little bit about Q1 and Q2 before we move on to Q3. So that's what we, that's what we usually do anyways. But um, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, a couple guys. So 16 to 20, obviously, don't make it into Q2. Uh, the latter... Logan Sargent in his home race. He's going to start at last tomorrow. It's kind of disappointing. I'm not going to lie. And then you got Oscar Piastri, 19th. Lance Stroll in 18th, guys. That's a big surprise. So concerned how good that car has been driving this season so far. Yuka Sonoda, I could have told you that this was coming from the start. I, Roman and I, not huge fans of Yuka Sonoda. If you listen to this podcast, you, you know why. And then Lando Norris, guys. And P16. So there's a lot of surprises there, Ron. But what intrigues you the most out of those five drivers who got eliminated in Q1? I mean, let's be real. The only two that come to mind as um, important people to talk about in this Q1 are Lance Stroll and Yuki Sonoda. If so, I knew if you, you guys have been listening, what happened, Shane? That. What happened? I knew you would say that. Yeah. So. If you guys, of course, have been listening to this podcast for a while now, I've been on the narrative that Lance Stroll and Yuki Tsunoda aren't good drivers. I mean, Lance Stroll's only been good because that car is good, and Yuki Tsunoda is just 
a Yuki Sonoda. He just doesn't drive well in that AlphaTauri whatsoever. So to see that, I mean, you, you never want to hate on anybody because I'm not I'm not someone who's like hating on everyone. But when you see like two people that kind of deserve to get on the back of the grid, you kind of get a little bit happy for that. But that's just, that's as far as I'm going to go with those two. Um, and then I kind of talk about the McLarens. Like that was just super disappointing, especially with how they've been racing the last two races in Baku and Australia. They've raced really well. So to see that performance from them is not something that you want to see from them. And then, of course, the home hometown hero, Logan Sargent, goes down to P20. Of course, you want to see more from him. He's kind of been struggling behind Albon, which as an American, I don't want to see that. But it's just kind of what it is with him. I just hope he doesn't turn into Latifi because that would be worst case scenario. But hopefully it doesn't happen because he has the talent to get up there into Q2s and into like the like the last few parts of the bottom uh top the bottom 10 if that makes sense uh like so like a p11 p12 p13 i feel like he has talent to get there but other than that shocking from lance and yuki because they're they're usually up near like the like near the 10 mark and either higher or below that but yeah we'll see we'll see what happens with those uh five drivers going into the race tomorrow so jeremy getting right into the conversation here you know there's some big names that were knocked out in Q1. You know, you're talking about both the McLarens, one of the Williams, one of the Aston Martins, you know, not really expecting that. So I guess what is your biggest surprise? What is your biggest takeaway from these drivers who are knocked out in Q1? For me, the big surprise here is, of course, Lance Stroll. Honestly, with a car as good as what he has right now with the Aston Martin, he should be in, he should be in Q3 with his boy, Fran Alonso. The fact that he's down here toiling away in Q Q1 getting eliminated is just unacceptable, mate. Like, he has some level of talent and merit to him. I'll give Lance Stroll a little bit of credit. He's an all right driver. But, like, this is just appalling considering the tools that he has at his disposal here, you know? Um, besides that, some more disappointments. As Rome said earlier, McLaren. Just, God, man, it is so disappointing being a McLaren fan. Seeing them be just mediocre the last couple of seasons. I remember... Back in, like, 2020, they were fighting Ferrari and stuff. Then again, Ferrari weren't that great that year. But still, they were, they were up there. They were, like, a top-four team. And now here they are fighting against Williamses and, like, barely competing with the Alpha Tauris. It's just, what a fall from grace, man. I just, I want them to do better. They deserve better. And then, as for Williams, that's completely to be expected. They are Williams. They haven't been a championship-quality team since, well, like, 2003. So, like, that's not really too surprising i do wish logan Sarge did better as the american but you know whatever humble beginnings for the lad he's a young man he's got loads of time left in the chamber hopefully uh but yeah that's how i feel about q1 hugely disappointed with lance stroll could have done way should have done way better with that car frankly yeah and and that car you mentioned jeremy after the race when danica patrick was interviewed fernando alonso one quote kind of stuck with me alonso said that this was the best car he's ever driven and if you look at, you know, his his past career, his World Drivers Championships, you know, like he's driven some good cars. But this one, he says, is the fastest in, the, in his favorite to drive. So it's a shame that Lance Stroll can put up a better performance. I think I just show, goes to show his quality as, as, a, as, as a driver compared to the rest of the field. So let's now move on now, guys, into Q2. It was Nick DeVries, Joe Guan Yu, Juan Sir Lewis Hamilton, Nico Hulkenberg, and Alexander Albon, who are eliminated in Q2, guys. I went from bottom to top with Albon being 11th and Nick DeVries starting 15th tomorrow on the grid. 
Jeremy, I hand this one over to you first, man. Same kind of question that I gave it to you from Q1. Any big surprises, names that you want to throw out that just there is, I mean, some big names once again that I'm not going to say any names right now because I want you to do that, but like, well, obviously, shockers, like, wow. Like, obviously, the number one big surprise, King Louie. What happened to King Louie? My God, the seven-time driver's champion of the world down in Q2, eliminated. It's just, oh, my God. I don't know what's happening to him, man. I don't know if it's just, like, the new car he's not getting used to anymore or what it is. It's just it's not going great for him these days. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not been really in much of a championship fight since 21. It's just you hate to see that, folks. Uh, I hope that King Louie could do a little bit better, Lewis Hamilton. He should be up there easily in, like, at least the top five with, like, George Russell, his teammate. But uh, to see him eliminate Q2, very surprising. Uh, besides him, the rest of Q2 is basically the usual suspects. I was expecting slightly more from Hilkenberg. I am disappointed that he got, like, in the Q2, just eliminated there. Because we saw with K-Mag later on in, in qualifying, the car has some real pace there for Q3. So, to see Hilkenberg eliminated early on it's a bit uh disappointing i will say i i don't fully understand why Haas, you know have hulkenberg and k-mag it's a fairly older uh driver parent of the of all the teams there but it's working it is working pretty well they're getting some decent points in the for these races for the first few uh in the season so you know i'm very excited to see where the rest of this stuff will go with Haas. and uh yeah that's all i gotta say really oh wait wait hang on a second the freeze. I'm very impressed with him. I will say for this season, he's a rookie and stuff. He's got a very funny name, Debris. But uh, I'm hoping he will do some more things with uh, the Alphatari. So that's yeah, that's what I did there. It's kind of snuck in some Debris prop at the end there. I see what you did there, Jeremy. Um, Roman and I have kind of been a little bit critical of him, so on the show, but I understand where you're coming from. You know, he puts in a good shift today in qualifying. So, Roman, I'm gonna hit this one to you now. I think I know who you're gonna talk about. And I think he's one of my favorite F1 drivers. And I think you're going to put up the word wash. And if you do, I'm going to have to fight back against you once again. Well, before I bring him up, I got to agree with Jeremy for a second. Because DeVries really did a great job in this race. Yeah. Because he's been straggling towards the back of the grid pretty much all year. And to see him get into Q2, very promising for him. Especially at a track that can, that can be okay for overtaking. Can probably hover around anywhere from like where he was at P15, maybe P13, P14, somewhere around that range. So good on him. Maybe he'll fall down. Maybe he'll stay in that range. Who knows? But I think we got to address the elephant in the room. And that's, of course, Lewis Hamilton. I'm not going to say he's washed because I felt like that that, um, that notion, that narrative kind of got away from me. Like when he got into qualifying in that P6, I think it was, and um, <clears throat> like Baku or Australia, one of them. Um, but it's, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling too critical today. I gotta, I gotta cut, I gotta cut my guy some slack though, because he, there's a reason why he is a several champion. I shouldn't, uh, go uh, get on him too hard, but it, again, just an embarrassing performance from Lewis Hamilton, just straight up, obviously not what he wants, not what Toto wants, not frankly, what the whole team wants at Mercedes. And, it's just a, yet another underwhelming start for them, especially kind of what happened at this time last year with how they were performing. Maybe they can turn around like they did last year and maybe get some podiums here and there towards the end of the year. But 
right now it's kind of looking very, very bleak for the boys with the silver arrows right now. But again, you, 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 if, if you guys have been listening to this podcast, I keep telling you guys about my guy, Alex Albon, he's been doing his thing. He, he, he was one place short of getting into Q3. He's, I think at one point in Q1, he was in like the top five. So I think that shows a lot of big teams out there that are looking to get a second driver in their seat to really look after Albon because what he's been doing the last two years in that Williams car is absurd and something that teams need to keep an eye on for driver transfers and stuff like that. But I just think Albon is going to have another great performance. I think he, I think he'll probably easily get into the points, maybe like P eight, P nine, I think is where I see him on Sunday. Maybe Sergeant, like I said, creeps up into that, I don't know, P17, P16. That's as far as he'll go for me. And and I know it's pretty disappointing for all all us Americans out there, but it's just it it kind of has to be said because Sergeant has been performing well, like I mentioned earlier. So just based off of how Williams has been performing lately, you you really want to see them perform uh tomorrow's race on yeah, on Sunday. Gotcha. So the two Mercedes, you know, engine teams at the moment. You know, they're kind of in this middle ground, especially the 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 main team, you know, Mercedes AMG, where they just can't really find their footing in this new F1 universe, you know, I call it almost like after the regulation changes in 2020, after the 2021 season, they just haven't been up to par. And so, yeah, I completely understand your thoughts on that one, Rome. And Alex Albon, like, I want to touch on him as well. Like, here's a guy that, you know, got a point in Bahrain, uh, has been close to the points in Saudi Australia and Baku. And I think he's got a real chance of getting a point, statue one for Williams tomorrow. And let's be honest, like, this is big for the fight for ninth or tenth place. Like they are battling right now with Alphatari. And if they can go above them tomorrow potentially, that would be great news for a Williams team. But let's now get back guys into what happened in Q3 because there was a lot that went down. But I'm just gonna go through the order of you know where we're gonna start the grid tomorrow. Um, and so that's your both us P10 Max Verstappen P9 Esteban Ocon P8 Charles Leclerc P7 George Russell who is 20 points behind his team at the moment Lewis Hamilton P6 Pierre Gasly nicely done from him P5 Jeremy I know you're gonna like this one Kevin Magnuson P4 in the Haas uh, yeah, smooth yeah. operator Carlos Sainz in P3, Fernando Daddy Alonso in P2, and Checo Sergio Perez, king of the circuits with a Marina question mark, <laughs> P1 on the grid tomorrow. Jeremy, I'm going to hand this one over to you first, man. I want you to touch a little bit on Haas because I know you're a big fan. I am not the hugest supporter of Haas. I know I probably should be as an American. But I just don't see the belief in this driver pairing at the moment. But they've proved me on so far this season, especially in qualifying. You know, they haven't had the greatest results in races when it comes to, you know, getting the points. But in qualifying, they've looked really fast, Jeremy, so far this season. Yes, it is. It's been an absolute blast as a Haas fan watching them out there in qualifying. I'll remind you, last year, Kevin Magnussen, K-Mag, he got a freak pole position at, I believe, Brazil or something due to rain. Technically due to rain, but that still counts as a pole position. So to see my boy up there in P4 with the rest of the studs in the top 10 for Q3, love to see that right there. Big stuff there. I don't expect him to do as great in the race because um, Haas's uh, management team when it comes to strategy have been abhorrent 
Like, they're probably going to pit him 10 laps in, put him on hards, and then just leave him out there as he just slowly dwindles down the course, down down the grid. He'll probably end up at, like, P8, but, like, that's points. So, like, you got to love that. Uh, besides K-Mag being up there in P4, another man that I love to see way up there, Fernando Alonso. Oh, baby. Just what an incredible career he's had the last five years alone. He went from retiring with McLaren in 2018 to staying retired for about a year or two, coming back with Alpine to do some big things with them, and then to come over here to Aston Martin. I doubted Aston Martin so hard uh, before this season started because I'd seen what happened last year with Sebastian Vettel uh, as like the lead driver, as a senior driver. It just was a disappointing team to watch. But this year, I got to give it to them. My hat is off to them. They are actually doing some incredible things right now. They've gotten, what is it, three out of the last... Four races they've raced in have been podiums, which is just incredible to see. So I'm expecting big things from Fernando Alonso. Now, he is known for his very strong race starts compared to Checo, especially, who's not known for that. So I predict that by the end of, like, lap one, lap two, maybe lap three, I believe that uh, Alonso will be in that first place position. Interesting, bold take there, Jeremy, but you backed it up with some good evidence, so... But let's get into, I think, in my opinion, I'm not going to say Max Verstappen's P9s in the outfit of the room because that's not necessarily all his fault. But I want to talk about one Monegasque driver, guys, and that's mm. Charles Leclerc. I mean, Rome, another mistake from the Ferrari man. We always talk about, we seem to always be talking about in 2022, how the team was letting Charles Leclerc down, you know? And so far this season now, you've got, Bahrain, you've got now today in Miami, and you've also got a stat that Leclerc has completed the least amount of laps out of all 20 F1 drivers this season so far. So he puts it into the bin, as Jeremy likes to say, you know, and he was going on a really good lap too, but he just lost control of it. I think it was turn 17, that middle sector. And it's a shame because in his fight for getting to get him back up into the points, you know, trying to get, uh, contend if any with with the likes of Perez and Leclerc for the. I'm sorry, mm. um, for the likes of you know. I was I was I just I lost my train of thought. My dad just walked in. My bad. Um. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me regroup. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, Ferrari. Ferrari. Okay. I'll edit that out. Ferrari. Once again, like if you were looking at the 2023 season uh, uh, contractor championship so far, they are 14 behind points behind Mercedes. We talk about all the time, guys, how Mercedes has been underperforming. I don't think we're talking enough about how Ferrari's as as having disaster season so far. I mean, no points in Australia. You know, only 12 from Bahrain through Carlos Sainz's P4. So, Rome, this is the elephant in the room. Like Ferrari, Leclerc, like making mistakes. Is it in his head now that he's just? Is it mental for the player? Is it a mental game? Because like I mentioned, fewest laps completed in 2023 out of all 20F1 drivers. I'm going to stamp this narrative for probably the rest of the season. McLaren needs to get out of Ferrari. It's just <laughs> a given at this point. Because with the way he's been driving and the way that team has prepared him for continued races like this, it's just terrible on all fronts. And there, there needs to be some type of shift in 
I don't know if it's leadership because Vassar is his first year. I don't know if that'll move the needle for you. You don't need another guy in there after one year with Vassar. I, I just think Leclerc needs to get out of Ferrari because I don't know if it's the pressure of wearing that red, that scarlet red. I don't know if it's like the fans getting on him for just not driving that well. I don't really know what it is, but my man needs to get out of Ferrari and ASAP. So that, that just needs to be stamped immediately. But yeah. just kind of like speaking to that spin that he had towards the end of the, towards the end of qualifying, let's face it. If he didn't spin it and everything was still organized, it would have all came out like Red Bull would have had like a front row lockout. Ferrari would have had a second row lockout. It all just would have like made sense, but it, cause because he spun it like that, that's what created that chaos. And I feel like we're going to see a lot, a lot of chaos tomorrow. And just kind of speaking to like also with like both Alpines, by the way, I just kind of mentioned this, both Alpines are in the top 10, which for them is a huge result, especially after the way they've been racing. It, it feels like them and McLaren have been flipping roles because McLaren's usually at this spot and Alpine is towards the back of the grid. But Alpine, this race is at towards the top 10 and McLaren towards the back of the grid. So great result for them as well. And of course, you got to get you got to give Fernando Alonso some credit too. I feel like I'm I'm with Jeremy on this one. I think Alonso's going to do really well tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be a race win because Perez has been driving really well, and I've always been stamping that too. But we'll see what my guy Alonso can do. I, I'm looking at him to make a big performance and maybe even win a third straight overtake of the month award with some nasty overtake on Perez or something. I could just see it tomorrow mm-hmm. away. For sure, for sure. Let's see what the Spaniard has up his sleeve tomorrow when it comes to the race. You know, I don't want to put Taylor Swift, you know, pun intended, a pun into this, but you know, there's there's controversy at the moment because you know all of these Taylor Swift fans, they they they're not a big fan of Fernando Alonso. They they don't like that these rumors are true. You know, like they they're not true, but like they don't like that there's rumors are existing. You know, so that's I don't want to get into that whole fiasco, but Jeremy. Look, uh, Rome talked about Claire leaving Ferrari. My only question is, and Rome, I completely agree with you. Like, I, I think he needs to leave Ferrari as soon as possible. But Jeremy, realistically, what seat do you think best fits him, and what seat is most likely to be there to be replaced for Charles Leclerc come twenty twenty four? Because, like, I get his contract is around for a couple more seasons, but like. In my like the Claire's gotta go. Like he's gotta get out of that room. Like he's gotta be like the 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 magic to the Lakers and said, I'm not gonna be there when it all goes down, you know? So what are your thoughts on that? Mm. This is something I've thought about for a little bit of time because it's heartbreaking for Leclerc. Like, because Ferrari is his team. That's the team he's wanted to be in for his entire childhood, for his entire life, his entire career. He's made it, he's living his dream. Well, right now, the dream is nothing more than a nightmare at this rate. So uh, I feel like the only real chance he has would be if he were to leave at the end of this season. I feel like a couple of things would have to happen. I feel like at the end of this season, L- King Lewis, Lewis Hamilton would have to retire, I imagine, at the end of this season, leaving a spot open at Mercedes. And then from there, Leclerc could see this seat. Look at how Mercedes are well. They run quite a lot better than Ferrari, I will say. And he'll probably go from Ferrari over to Mercedes because I feel like that would be his only like his only real option if that were to even happen. If Hamilton were to retire, then, you know, Charles could maybe think about leaving the Ferrari 
the Scuderia, I should say, and hopping on over to the Germans. But besides, like, Mercedes, I really don't know where Leclerc could go if he were to leave Ferrari because the only main event teams we got are Red Bull and Ferrari, basically. Like, they're technically the two main eventers. Maybe Aston Martin, but like that, no, that wouldn't even happen because Alonso is on a tear now. And they're never going to fire Lance Stroll because his dad owns part of the team, of course. So, realistically, if Leclerc were to leave, he would have to go to Mercedes. But that's only if Lewis were to retire, which could maybe happen at the end of this season or in the next season. Because at this point, there's not really much left for him to do. And I'm not sure if he's got just – I don't know if he's got the, the bite in him anymore. So, hmm. that's where I think Leclerc will go. Yeah, that's the one thing though, like that, that that's in your argument, Jeremy, and I completely understand it because you know there's there's not much evidence that it would be uh, someone said otherwise. But like, there's a lot of ifs, there's a lot of maybe, there's a lot of buts that need to fall into place for the Claire to find a seat outside of Ferrari. So kind of he's kind of like stuck right now. He's stuck inside this Ferrari contract, and he's stuck inside the seat because from reports that have come out of the past couple of weeks, the past, you know, year or two, Lewis Hamilton is here to stay and Mercedes want him to stay in that seat. So like, I would love to see it. I would love to see Leclerc get out of Ferrari for personal reasons. And I mean, while I'd be sad to see Lewis Hamilton go, he's the most accomplished F1 driver of all time. And Leclerc would maybe be able to win a World driver's championship that Mercedes car next to George Russell with Toto Wolf. But I just don't see it happening. But I mean, Rome, if we want to play that game right now, what if, what if, you know, Leclerc goes to Mercedes, who gets that Ferrari seat, Rome? I, I think I, I might know who you're going to say here. Well, I talked about him earlier and I just texted you in this chat before his name, Alexander Albon. I mean, I just, I just presented his case before he's putting a crappy car to say the least in Williams into the top 10 on a consistent basis. Like, I don't know how that is not a pitch to big time teams going, we need this guy on our team. Because if he can perform like that in that car, I, I really don't know what else he could do for you or what else he can prove to you that he deserves to be at the top of the top of this of the sport. I, I think that's just what I say. But I guess I get I get that there are people that don't like Williams, don't like Albon because of his history with Red Bull. And I get it. He was just kind of a young pup trying to get into the sport it didn't really work out for him too well but i feel like he's learned a lot with williams and i feel like that that whatever he's learning down there could definitely develop him into a better driver and can consistently compete for points can on a, on a consistent basis got you guys well we're up against the clock because zoom is stupid huh. so let's you know get right into our right in our headlines for monday's newspapers our weekly segment that we do Jeremy, since you're the guest on the show, I want to go to you here first. Write me Monday's newspaper headline from the Miami Grand Prix. Predict the future for me, Jeremy. What's going to happen in the race tomorrow? Mm. All right. Let's see what we got here. Shock headline, folks. Colon, because we love that grammar. Fernando Alonso wins in an upset with Checo Perez, P2, and rounding out third place, Charles Leclerc. It's probably not going to happen, but damn it, that would be awesome if it did. Realistically, Max Verstappen's going to get P2 probably. Alonso will get P3. But, like, I just that's my headline there. Mm. Got you, Rome. What is your headline for Monday's newspaper? 
shocking headline as well. I got to add the colon in there like Jeremy just did. Verstappen goes P5. I'm mm-hmm. just going to put that out there. I, 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 I thought that P9, he seemed phased in that Red Bull. He hasn't been performing that well. And I think because of that, Perez gets his third win of the season already and already beats him in, in wins for this year in terms of rounds wow. this year. So I I think I think this is an opportune time for Paris to lock in and get a win and get ahead of Verstappen and really make this an, 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 an intra-team battle for the Drivers' Championship. Yeah, Ro, I'm on the same record as you. My thought process is here. My I'm writing the headline for F1's newspaper on Monday morning. Sergio Perez captures the Miami Grand Prix and puts pressure on Max Verstappen in the Drivers' Championship for the first time since 2021 and creates the narrative that we got back in the early 2000s between Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg. So, listen, like I, I think we could have a title fight on our hands. Sergio Perez has proved me wrong. Rome said it right there, 2016. Rosberg, Hamilton... It was a battle to the very end. And Ross Buck prepared, you know, and he wasn't the favorite. Neither was Sergio Perez. He's a guy that, you know, kind of goes under the radar a little bit right now. And just continues to rack up wins, continues to rack up podiums. But that's going to do it for us today on the Starting Grid Podcast, guys. For Rome Katie, for Jeremy, I'm Shane Holcomb. We will see you after the race tomorrow. Cheers. Enjoy the race.